Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing good. Um, currently watching the Yankees game this afternoon. Um, we, are, of course, you can hear some of my live reactions to the Yankees game from last night, which we're going to be talking about in a little bit. But, um, LJ, I think that yesterday, Tuesday, May 10th, you could argue that that was the best single day of games that we've had so far this season, like all in all. Yeah, and, I mean, you think about the last 30 hours before that, too. Like, even the night, be- the night before – had it had its own claim towards being the best day of games we've had, and then this one blew it out of the water. So you combine those thirty hours, and it's just it's ridiculous. It absolutely is, and you know this is the part of the season that this might be like other than like the end of the regular season heading into the playoffs. This part of the season might be my favorite, um, especially when your team is playing well. It's just like. You know, you're starting to get into like the groove of things, and if your team is playing well at this point, um, you know, there's only positive thoughts because it's like, well, look at the record. Like, we haven't fallen apart yet. We've looked really good. I don't know. That's just I. I've always loved this this part of the season, like early May, mid May. Well, yeah, it makes sense because this is effectively, and you're saying this compared to what's your second favorite part of the year. I'm assuming you're going to say late August, September. Yeah, like late August, September. This is this is the late August, September of the race to Memorial Day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason you like this type of baseball. This is basically this is the final stretch of our little mini championship here. Yes, for and for those who are uninformed, LJ. It, I mean, at least LJ. He kind of adopted this idea last year that once you get to memorial day it's not that you've seen everything that a team can do but you have a general idea of whether or not a team has a chance to get like to be really good or be not good by the time you get to memorial day all of the statistics are valid i don't think there's there with some rare exceptions most of the time what you're seeing from a guy 
you're going to see something similar across the full season scale. Like Joey Votto would like a word. <laughs> yes, Joey Votto would like a word. The 2019 Nationals would like a word. But overall, across the whole expanse of the league, this is like a 90% confidence bar here that you're going to see, all right, if this team is decent, they're going to have a decent record. They're not maybe necessarily going to be winning the division, but they're going to look good enough to be in contention by Memorial Day. A guy has 100, 120 OPS plus, you know, at that point, And the reason we adopted Memorial Day was because it's the closest, like, big mile marker. It's the end of May. And usually by around that time, you have about 200 at-bats. Mm-hmm. And 200 at-bats is really what more what I think of when I think, all right, what's a good sample size for a player? Like, how much do I have to see to figure out what is where to really talk about? And so that's why I don't really take – you know, we kind of we sucked ourselves very quickly into rookie of the year and Cy Young conversation last night. But we really I don't like to take that stuff too seriously until I have those 200 at bats, until I have those 40 innings or whatever it might end up being on the pitching side. Until you get to Memorial Day, I don't think there's enough of a sample size to really say who necessarily is in contention. Because really, I mean, let's look at the look at the Cy Young and MVP race at that point in time who was there that wasn't there at the end last year i feel I'd love other to than like, guys that got hurt like trout and buxton like nobody no exactly and that 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 doesn't count the only person i could think of is maybe maybe we're talking you darvish but i feel like I, we were already out on you darvish at that point yeah we were kind of out on you darvish i mean the cy young i don't think we were as big on zach wheeler that early in the season but we we knew that he like still had a case i mean that that we're talking that's a guy who had a fantastic second half of the season zach wheeler zach wheeler also was a his cy young case and deserved cy young case was a product of his innings pitched yeah so that's the type of case that doesn't really become apparent until you get into august until you get into september and you realize just how much those counting stats have locked up, just how much value he's had from being out there, just how much the war jacks up from having an obscene amount of innings pitched compared to the rest of the league. He had uh, six more than Walker Bueller, but still like the majority of guys aren't going. We had four guys go over 200 innings last year. He was at 213. He was the only one in two tens. Like those cases, when you have a guy going that that deep and it's a product of quantity not as much quality those things are late bloomers either way but he was still doing the quantity early in the season so you kind of could you could see it coming you're always going to see it coming with those innings pitched guys well jay speaking of guys that go deep into games we need to talk about a very pressing story from last night's game uh we had our first no hitter of the 2022 season Excuse me, second no-hitter of the 2022 season behind um, the Mets combined no-hitter. And it is Reed Detmers of the Los Angeles Angels, 22-year-old rookie um, who no-hits the Tampa Bay Rays. The Angels win in a rout. Um, And in the top of the ninth, or excuse me, what was it? Bottom eight, actually, um, the Angels' last at-bats. There was a, a lot of what you might call silly business going on. You had Brett Phillips taking the mound once again for Tampa Bay. 
Um, you had Mike Trout going yard off Brett Phillips. You had Shohei Otani hitting a ball that would have been, I think, a home run in like 15 stadiums or something, at least 15 stadiums, that ends up not getting out and is a double. Then you have Anthony Rendon up next. He's hitting lefty. <laughs> and for whatever reason, I'm like, what is he doing? I text LJ. I'm like, why is Anthony Rendon hitting lefty? He just steps up and crushes a ball. Would have been a homer in over like 26 stadiums um, as a lefty. Uh, you know, dude was 0 for 4 on the night and just said, hey, let's 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 try to hit lefty against Brett Phillips. And then Reed Detmers goes back out there for the ninth and gets the three outs. Um, just an all around. I mean, I don't think the Angels could have asked for literally any more out of this game. No, talk about an absolute dominant performance. Um, first off, let's touch on this uh, eighth inning here. I take full credit for this Anthony Rendon, this Tony Rendon uh, home run. Full credit. Full credit, 100%. You know why? Why? Yeah, 100% heard me talking about Tony Gonsolin being the best Tony in L.A. Yes, yes. It, it's 100% a product of that. So I take full credit. I take full responsibility for that home run but either way yeah you know a nuke fun but we also have to talk about the flip side of this not to be a debbie downer what is he thinking i mean yes you're up a lot yes <laughs> it it really doesn't matter there's a there's a position player on the mound but can you imagine the optics if this game went south which you know no hitter probably has more likelihood than a lot of other games first off you're 0 for 3 or 0 for 4 at that point in time. So your own hitting streak's on the line, and you're being bold enough to do this. But then imagine this. Imagine he strikes out. Imagine he gets weak contact and doesn't end up, like, putting together something quality out of his left-handed hitting outing. All of a sudden, they don't score another run. Reed Detmers gets tagged or gets a hit, allows a hit, and then after allowing the hit starts getting tagged because that happens to a lot, a lot of pitchers when a no hitter happens, the next reliever you bring in things blow up. Brandon, we've seen like six, seven run leads go by the wayside in the ninth inning twice in the past week. And so all of a sudden you're, yes, you're looking at a 11 run lead, but are we hundred percent sure it's safe anymore? Could you imagine if they blew this game after Tony Rendon hit lefty, if he got out, like that, that, that is a very, well, and I think what I think the way I, I look at it is that you have a manager like Chris Woodward, who you can go up six runs and then you go hit a grand slam and it's, it's unfair. I mean, if, if he would have, if Anthony Rendon would have pulled that against Chris Woodward up 11 runs, I mean, he's, he's, he's going to he get ejected. This guy is the softest. This guy is the softest manager in the league for sure. Finds anything to complain about other than his terrible team. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know about this guy. Um, he gets mad at Fernando Tatis for hitting a grand slam on a 3-0 count. It's like, okay, like, sure. And then there's just been so many other just weird little incidents that, that he's had. I, I don't know about this guy. I forget who I picked for my least favorite manager, but... Again, kind of has to be close at this point, right? Like, 
the unwritten rules i get but at, at this point like there's certain like lj just said in the span lj less than a week we've seen two at least six run comebacks in the ninth inning <laughs> yep no you're right and it's just it's frustrating it's also frustrating my computers driving me credit crazy. to reed detmers though i mean oh, 22 years old absolutely terrific and youngest no hitter in angels franchise history um fantastic game fantastic start great start to the season again you know sure the no hitter probably plays a lot into that but still two and one with a three seven 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 era as like just a reg a solid rookie as a solid this is a, this is a really solid start for a guy we weren't expecting that much out of. We're not going to complain. I don't think I'm going to complain with any rookie pitcher that has a below 4-0. Like, I don't think there's anyone. Is there anyone you expect more out of? Like, there's lots of top pitching prospects, but if Walker Buehler, his rookie year or something like that, if he had like a 3-8-5 to finish the year, no one's complaining with that. No, and I think complaining with a 4-1. It's very hard to pitch. I mean, like, in... Normal run environments, I would say like a four is a, is a, like a little bit. It's around average. It's about as close to average as you can get in today's run environment, where the ball is so dead and the league average OPS is like six seventy seven or whatever it is. Um, I'd say like three eight five is average, and you're not expecting a rookie to be much more than an average player. So I think that your thought process there makes makes total sense lj absolutely yeah no again so just really solid start from him overall terrific performance from this team it's just again it's a it's a shame that especially for this show the no hitter is the second most important talking point in this game like yes it's a great game for them but it couldn't have been worse timing for reed detmers to get the spotlight yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Um, but let's move on to a game that ended in a walk-off. You heard me live reacting to Giancarlo Stanton's three-run home run for the Yankees to tie the game up against Toronto last night. Well, skip to the ninth inning. The Yankees are down 5-3. to three, And none other than Jordan Romano <clears throat> enters the game for Toronto going for save 13 I believe at this point now in the season um he enters in the ninth Yankees down by two we're thinking yeah we've seen this many times before IKF strikes out to start the inning off Jose Trevino up next arguably the worst hitter on this team manages to work a walk probably the most important walk most important at-bat of the game is right there. Him getting a walk and not getting it to, to two outs immediately. Mound visit. He walks DJ LeMahieu. Another mound visit. Try to calm him down again. Judge steps up. Three-run home run. Walk off. First player to 10 home runs this season. The MLB Twitter account changed their bio because Judge was the first to 10. They said they weren't changing their bio until anyone hit 10 home runs. All rise now in the MLB Twitter bio. Yankees are 21-8. and eight. Life is good. Um, Judge and Stanton both homer and were 20-1 in, 
in those games. LJ, do you want to guess what game it was we lost where Judge and Stanton both homered? Uh, this season? Uh, just in general. There was one game. It was from the 2021 season where they both homered and lost. Very it wasn't a wild card game, was it? No, it was. Judge didn't go yard. No, Judge. Judge hit the double off. No, that was also Stanton. Stanton's Stan just a playoff player. Yeah. Um, LJ, it was <laughs> the Field of Dreams there. game. Oh, that's right. They both homer late in the game, and then Tim. That's a big park too. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, a stat like that certainly makes sense when two of your best players are hitting home runs in a game. You certainly expect to win, but just a great win. And then LJ wanted to talk about Glaber Torres today because LJ, since we started recording, he actually added himself two more RBIs. Um. So he had a three-run home run in the fourth inning off of Jose Barrios and now was able to tag Barrios for two more runs on a single. LJ, Glaber's two for three with five RBIs, and we're in the top of the seventh right now. I just I kind of feel bad for Glaber Torres because, I mean, as far as Red Sox fans go, I'm probably the biggest defender of Yankee Stadium dimensions like i don't get nearly as mad as the rest of the world does over the short porch and frankly it doesn't make sense how obsessed people are with it i think it's funny especially it's- when you realize it's this it's the exact same dimensions as the old stadium which we played in for how many years oh and people people have complained about that too yeah at this point but it's just it's comical the amount of anger and ire towards it. And the reason I really wanted to talk about Glaber Torres today is because, you know, you talk about the RBIs. He does go yard today. He does go to the first row of the short porch in right field. Row number one. Row A. Is it A in Yankee Stadium? Uh, Yeah, I believe so, yes. Row A in right field is where he goes. And it's like... This is great. It's great to see this uh, resurgence from Glaber Torres because I'll get into it in a second, but this is an excellent, excellent start. And for his sake, for baseball's sake also, I hope that it kind of keeps up because it clearly shows like the right changes have been made to his game and around his game. But he's never going to get the credit he deserves if he keeps hitting home runs to right field. Brandon, naturally, it, it does make a bit of sense no not, not even not even as a righty he's going to right field four of his five home runs have been to right field two of them have been questionable short porch hits and which aren't really that questionable i mean brandon how many how many parks did you say this one would have been good in glaber's today i'm actually on the tweet right now would have been good in uh five other stadiums than yankee stadium um it was 361 feet projected distance which means like if the ball was to fully hit the ground and like not land in the stands not get touched by a fan but to fully hit the ground that's where it that's how they calculate it so it's important that that you realize like if you hit it off like the facade of a deck it's not where it hit the deck it's where the ball would have landed that's how they calculate this six other or five other stadiums someone tried to come up with a list of the ones that it would be someone said citizens bank park which is where the phillies play 
Great American ballpark where the Reds play are definitely two of them. I think Fenway could be one. Just off the top of my head, other people were saying San Diego could be one. Um, But, you know, I I don't have much to say about the short ports. We also have to pitch to the sh- for 81 games a year um and deal with the short porch and i feel like the the fans that hate the short porch would rather just see every stadium look the exact same and i just that that, that would be terrible that's no fun with that being said that is just kind of the most it's the silliest part of baseball is the fact that it's the only sport other than golf in my memory where the physical dimensions of the playing space vary from city to city and from park to park. Like that's, that, that is a little comical either way. Let's get back to Glaber because we're missing the lead here, which is the fact that four of his five home runs are to right field. Right. And this is the righty. This is oppo power that he's putting through, putting through consistently and made his career on. And so, yes, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. In part, is this a product of the short porch? Yeah, a little bit. Because, you know, you think he's probably going to try to pull the ball a lot more if he was in another city. But the truth of it is, he's not. And in this day and age where the shift is so prevalent, being able to hit the ball to the opposite field is a great tool no matter where you are. Either way, top top 10% exit velocity, 89th percentile hard hit percentage way up there in the reds in all of the expecteds. And most importantly, he's played Brandon four innings at shortstop this season. The rest are all at second base. He's in the 85th percentile and outs above average. The dude's clear. The dude's just not a shortstop. No. Yeah, exactly. And what I was going to say, if you go to his like baseball reference page, the only year that he's played in the majors where he had a positive defensive value was in 2018. His, rookie season and also now 2022 he's a 0.4 a defensive war he had negative 0.5 last year so a full defensive war better essentially um he only had zero in a month and a half in a month and a half he only had 0.8 total war in 2021 he's already at 0.5 his exit velocity average exit velocity is up five miles an hour from last year and two miles an hour higher than his career high previously, which was 2019, when, if you look, he hit 38 home runs. So he's hitting the ball harder than he did in the year that he hit 38 home runs. And his hard hit percentage, like, this doesn't even seem right, 50.7% hard hit. Last year, he was at 35%. His career average, he's been around 38 39%. That's what the league average is at. How is he hitting the ball hard 50.7% of the time? And that's with an exit velocity of 95 or more. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I'm so happy to see him have this turnaround because 
you know, I was worried for him um, the last few years. I was I was really nervous um, after twenty nine or twenty twenty one because I was sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I just didn't know if the pop was ever going to come back. You don't go from thirty eight homers in twenty nineteen to then hitting a combined twelve in your next two seasons. But he's not going to get the credit past this podcast. I don't think he ever will because let's read through. I'm on the MLB Home Runs Twitter account. Let's read through some of their replies. Home of the 2022 Little League World Series, a picture of Yankee Stadium. Short Porch Merchant doesn't count. Mickey Mouse Ballpark park doesn't count. Um, Short Porch doesn't count. F this park. Porch job. Little League. Little League Park. I mean, he's going he's gonna to turn into Captain Short Porch. Literally the short porch merchant, and that's a darn shame for him and his ability to like get the recognition for turning himself back into a great, great player. I could care less if he gets the uh, the the recognition. Um, if if he's helping us win, um, it'll all come. I mean, the Yankees fans love him this year. Certainly after today's game, he's going to be even more loved. He had the walk off the other day. Um. Frankly, he needs to get in the lineup more, like a lot more. Yeah, he's played in 27 games. I mean, that's that's a lot, LJ. We've only had – this is our 30th game today, I think. So I don't know. Maybe – maybe and again, I've never, been a, I've never been a huge Josh Donaldson fan. I will admit that. But at the same time, you're seeing no power out of him. We know the dead ball. You can very quickly kind of chalk up a lot of guys, I think, to juiced ball swings. Josh Donaldson had a juice ball swing because his, again, his resurgence in Atlanta times right up with the start of the juice ball era. And, you know, in my eyes, maybe you move uh, DJ LeGround out over to third base full time and have Josh Donaldson ride the pine. I mean, I think that that seems like a more comfortable set of moves. LJ, you know, what I, if I told you, sorry to interrupt, but what if I told you, that Josh Donaldson's OPS plus is 14 points higher than Glaber Torres this year. Really? With lack of t- with less time though. Donaldson 27 games, 111 plate appearances. Torres 27 games, 94 plate appearances. Oh yeah, 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 exactly. And again, but the, I think the batting average we're looking at it. He's also vastly underperforming. You're talking about a 205 batting average. Oh, yeah. His expected yeah. is where? His expected is a 303. So this is more, this is honestly playing more into my case. Get him more regular at bats, and you're looking at probably a 272 80 hitter. Uh, of course, you know, you're going to want to see the on base numbers, the getting him getting more walks, drawing more walks as much as possible. But even for that, that's a 40, almost a 40 point increase in terms of walks alone. So, you're not looking that bad once you give him a larger sample. Absolutely. Um, no, I agree. And I think it's good that we have these extra guys that can just fill in wherever, like an IKF, a Marwin Gonzalez, um, even even Glaber. Like, yeah, he can play second, but because a DJ can play first, second, third um, so consistently, you can get days off for guys like Josh Donaldson and Glaber and IKF and not have to worry about having 
really a bad person, uh, you know, going to sub in. Um, and it, it just makes makes life a lot easier, at least for now, because there's been no injuries. Um, we've gotten very lucky so far this year. The injuries will come, though. Um, I'd be a fool to think that we're going to stay healthy the whole year. Brandon, I don't want you to. I don't want to wish ill on anyone. If you had to guess, where is it coming? Oh, don't do this to me. <laughs> if you had to guess, I'm not gonna. I'm certainly not gonna make you pick judge because, frankly, I'd hate to see another judge miss the yeah. season, last season. I think the like the the injury I I would hate the most would be judge. Um, I don't know, maybe. Maybe a guy like Rizzo. I don't even know. It's so hard to predict these kind of things. I don't even want to think about it. But, like, no one's even had, like, a, a small issue where it's like, oh, like, he needs, like, two or three days. It's just been, like, everyone is just locked in. Because, LJ, could this be because of the, of the way that the Yankees structure their, like, off days and because they give so many off days? Could it Could it actually be working? Um, yes, only because the roster is actually playing up to its potential. Yeah. Like, reasonably, the only reason, the only reason it's working is because the bench is doing what you were actually hoping it to be doing all this time. So when you give these guys the days off, when you move guys around, there's enough of a team effort for it to actually work. You're not dropping games to Detroit this year because your full team is working and you can afford to sit guys. But... I mean, sure, maybe. I still, frankly, I still don't understand this team. I don't either. I can't quite grasp what is so much different about this team than last year's team. The rotation is almost the same. Granted, you you added the best piece in the entirety of the American League East with Luis Severino coming back. The bullpen is exactly the same. Actually, they did they lose any? They lose lost somebody. Um. Um. Not anyone big. Um, no, we no, traded no. Joely Rodriguez, um, and we traded Albert Abreu. Traded Albert Abreu. Darren O'Day. Yeah, he was good for us, but you know he didn't. He he still wasn't one of the high higher guys in the pecking order. He's like probably like the sixth or seventh man out of our bullpen. And I feel like still they lost somebody else as well in all of this, but like. Is Gary really that much of addition by subtraction? Yes. And having infield defense now is so helpful, LJ. But Brandon, just... It's just, you, can't, you can't tell me I shouldn't be amazed. I mean, this team is 21-8, and eight, and not having Gary Sanchez on your team is the only major change I can find that would add value. Uh... Not that, like, Louis... Adding Louie and subtracting Gary are not big enough changes for me to justify this, this this change in both record and just look, feel, energy. It's amazing. Well, LJ, let's talk about the other guy that went pretty deep into his game last night and had a chance for a no-hitter. It is none other than Justin Verlander of the Astros. Him and Joe Ryan were dealing. Um, we talked a lot about Joe Ryan on last night's show. We were kind of live reacting to this game as well. And Verlander gets into 
um, what was the eighth inning and had not allowed a hit yet. And then none other than Gio Rochella, who LJ was just pummeling on the show, and I didn't even react to what he said. I was just like, eh, I don't want to talk about Gio. It's too early. LJ, who was just annihilating this poor guy, steps up and rips a single well, into right like field. You can't act like he's annihilating the ball either. <laughs> no, he's not. But he steps <laughs> up and annihilates the ball into right field to ruin LJ's but buddy Justin Verlander's no potential no hitter. You officially sucked me into this argument. Um, <laughs> I didn't think you'd be able to get. It. I need to get the exit velocity on that ball now. Um, <laughs> look, I'll react to Justin Verlander and then Brandon can stall so I can find that data real quick. Okay. <laughs> but fantastic start, brilliant start. This dude is an animal. This dude is a legend. This dude is Cy Young front runner 100 percent in my eyes it's him and paul blackburn now i'm kidding no it's it's him paul blackburn michael kopeck and i'm sucking myself into Cy Young conversations before memorial day again um we have a three-day ban on Cy Young talk just like we had a three-day yankees ban this is the three-day Cy Young talk ban okay starting now starting right now yeah okay so i can't use that word um can I say best pitcher? No, I'm really kidding. Um, <laughs> no, either way, though, this is great. And it was amazing efficiency, too, which is why I was so excited. He gets, I believe, was it seven and a third through this before allowing the hit? Yeah. Seven and a third through. He finishes the eighth with 89 pitches. That's nothing for no hitters. Like, you're going, he, if he hadn't had the hit, you're talking about him probably going into the ninth inning at 85 pitches he probably throws the no-hitter very well could in under 100 pitches. That's just absolutely fantastic. If it were anyone else, if he wasn't coming off of Tommy John, he finishes this game and it's a complete game, one-hitter. But the just brilliance. Brilliance out of him. And, you know, this is another one where it was like, it's just really good pitching. Like, to be able to get that induce that much weak contact, he only gets five strikeouts. Another point I forgot that was what I was going to say about Reed Detmers is he pitched great. He only struck out two guys. He strikes out Mike Zanino and he strikes out Vidal Brujan. Those are the only two strikeouts on his ledger that in that no hitter. That's very uncommon for no hitters to have that little because guys are making contact. They're just making really bad contact. Verlander induced. So much weak contact, it's really incredible. All right, just give me one minute. Yeah, I've always said that when it comes to like the the pitchers that are that have such a high strikeout rate, um, strikeouts inflate your your pitch count quite a bit. When when you think about it, um, the best pitchers make guys swing and miss, and obviously not make hard contact with the ball. And when you're not making hard contact with the ball, but you're still hitting the ball, you're most likely going to hit a, a bunch of foul balls. And this is just, it's going to naturally make your pitch count uh, be a lot higher than these guys that just are constantly having, or, you know, the ground ball pitchers, the ones who um, pitch to contact, the ones who try to um, avoid bats, which is probably the best way to pitch. It's going to take you more pitches to actually put them away than it would um, a normal pitch-to-contact guy. And 
with how the game is now and we see how important it is to um, keep your pitch count down, um, you know, we I don't want to say we're going to see more guys start to try to pitch to contact because that's c- clearly not true. But those pitch to contact guys have a little more added value that they can go much deeper into games and we saw Justin Verlander he's kind of the best of both worlds um at both missing bats and when he needs to he can pitch to contact very well well it's also a different look I mean you think at you think about again when Justin Verlander is pitching to contact guys like Ryan Yarborough their strategy their approach to how they attack the batter is very different than a lot of the strikeout guys so you go into those at bats and you're going to be seeing very different setup pitches. You're going to be seeing very different angles, locations than you're going to be often seeing from the highest strikeout guys. It's fantastic. And uh, I have that now. Gio Urshela's single was the 10th hardest hit ball of the day. I can hardly, hardly call that demolishing. How hard was it? I played the fifth. Can I... <laughs> was it considered... In his hard hit percentage. Yes. Okay, so so it was the 10th hardest hit ball of the Astros-Twins game. Yes. And it was still over 95 miles an hour. Yes. Okay. So, very creative way to put it there, but okay. We got the we got all the information that that we need. Um, it will go down in the record books as a hard hit ball. Just 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 a little. I'm okay with that. Demolish goes a little too far. Okay. Aaron Judge demolished that pitch last night for sure. Um. <laughs> Actually, let's let's check on that. Why don't we? Uh, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Holy. <laughs> what what the hell is Stanton doing with a hundred and eighteen mile an hour single? Oh, he has oh. LJ. I don't. I think there was a stat. I'm not sure if I said it on here or not, but I saw it like earlier in the season. It might have been like five games into the Yankees' year, and Stanton had like three or four hits over 118 miles an hour, and the entire National League had one at that point. Like, what he does when he hits the ball doesn't make sense to me. Like how. Can one guy just be hitting it so much harder than than like entire leagues? Um, this is so frustrating. Baseball savant doesn't come up with Stanton when I put Mike Stanton in, and oh, um, boohoo. But, but no, it's like honestly, I feel like Stanton's Hall of Fame case isn't going to come down to the traditional numbers. Do I see him being able to stay healthy and have the longevity to get to 500 home runs? I'm not. I'm not sure. Probably not. However, you're talking about the hard hit king. You're talking about the exit velocity king, and I know it's not fair to say that because there are were so many other great power hitters before him that didn't have the advantages of some of this stuff. But if I'm correct, he has like the three hardest hit, the either the two hardest hit or the three hardest hit home runs in like league history since they tracked it or like something crazy like that. He has a couple let's, let's wrap back around to this at some point because he has a couple insane exit velocity and hard hit percentage stats under his belt. Honestly, I think he has a very strong claim to the hall of fame based on his ability to smack the crap out of the ball 
alone. Like, he, he could be one of the first new age stat guys that you justify based on the new stats. We will certainly have to see. Um, I mean, if he can put together a few more seasons of this kind of Stanton that we're used to seeing, like the 2021 Stanton we had, if he can put a few more of those seasons together, he has a legitimate case. Um, because, like, you know, when, when you look at, like, oh, like his best five-year peak or best seven-year peak, uh, I mean, 2017 when he hit, what was it, 59 home runs? That's, that, you know, that certainly isn't going to hurt your, your case to get in the Hall of Fame, the fact that um, you, you know, hit almost 60 bombs in a season. But, um, yeah, that's, that, that's one of the guys that is so hard to figure out what the voters are going to first think of him and how his voting candidacy uh, will go. But, LJ, I um, think that's all we have for today tomorrow we have our team of the week all 10 positions um is catcher that check-in day or is that mondays i forget um it's mondays that's mondays Monday. yeah because we were talking about that monday so from now on for those of you just quick programming update thursdays is team of the week mondays is power rankings plus christian yelich check-in and then next friday is royce lewis check-in day yes okay and yeah so that's gonna be every monday now we're gonna figure out whether or not brandon is in or out on christian yelich this week he did just hit a home run today so oh uh-oh i'm not sure how, uh-oh. Not sure how things are trending towards brandon being in or out this week it'll be very well, interesting to see well you guys will find out tomorrow follow us on instagram twitter tiktok at mlb daily pod and until then we will see you have a good one everybody See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet.